Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. Before we get started today, this is the second to the last day of our fall fundraiser, and I want to take some time to thank all of the people who have already called or gone onto the website and supported WDET. Uh, This is one of the most crucial parts of public radio is your participation. And if you think about the structure of the show that we enjoy together every day here on Detroit Today, that's a partnership too, right? Uh, It's not just me talking uh, to guests. It's not just me talking about things that interest me. You are a critical part of this partnership. You participate in the conversation on the phone, uh, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And that partnership is what makes the show as good as it is. There is a real uh, energy that I think we have together here. And that energy is powered by your support for this station. So I want to say thanks to everybody who has given in this fall fundraiser. We've got one more day of it, and then we'll be back to regular programming here on WDET every day, all day. Uh, But again, thanks very much for all of your support. Okay, up first today, Mayor Mike Duggan recently unveiled an aggressive new plan to demolish Detroit's blighted homes at an accelerated rate. The administration officially submitted a $250 million bond earlier this week to remove remaining residential blight altogether by mid-2025. But what are the implications of this plan? What are the health risks for those who live by demolition sites? And what about the plan that was previously in place? Demolition has been a thing that we have been living with here in the city of Detroit for almost all of my life. Mayor Mike Duggan now says he can complete that job by 2025. Joining us now to talk more about that issue and other things going on in the city of Detroit is the mayor of the city of Detroit, Mike Duggan. Mike, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hey, good to talk to you, Stephen. Yes. Um, So let's start with this $250 million bond proposal. Um, uh, So in, in the first term that you were mayor here, we saw a lot of demolition in the city, but we also saw a lot of problems with the way that demolition was carried out. And there were some investigations uh, from the Justice Department, from some federal uh, uh, agencies as well into what went on. What's your best argument to Detroiters that $250 million more million won't be subject to the same problems that you yourself admitted you, you guys had in that first effort? Uh, well, I, I showed the, the city cabinet yesterday a newspaper story. Mayor and council promised to end the scourge of abandoned houses in Detroit, and it was the Detroit Free Press, July 1, 1965, hmm. when Jerry Cavanaugh and the city council said they were going to do this. This has been more than 50 years, and no city administration has actually faced up to resolving the problem. Uh, and so we've taken down 19,000 abandoned houses that can't be saved. We've got 19,000 uh, to go. We've saved 9,000 and renovate them, and we've got 8,000 more of those to go. So we're at the halfway point. Uh, but, you know, the uh, stories about demolition and the actual outcomes of investigation have been two very different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2016, the Treasury Department suspended us for 60 days appropriately uh, for not having tight enough processes. Uh, we put the new processes in place three years ago. 
since then, the feds have released another $175 million. We've taken down another 12,000 houses. Uh, and I think uh, the vast majority of people in the city uh, strongly support us continuing uh, to move forward. So, so can you tell Detroiters with certainty that the same problems that you saw in that earlier program won't repeat themselves? In, uh, in other words, have you fixed all of the things that went wrong? I think the fact that the feds have released $175 million in new money without incident in the last three years says we fixed them. And, you know, the, the federal funding required that you not use your city procurement department to set up a new agency. We had a land bank with four staff, uh, and they weren't equipped to be handling a $265 million demolition program. And we had uh, a learning curve where we made mistakes. What's now happening is uh, the federal money is now being spent. We've got 19,000 houses down, and we're moving over to city procurement. We have a city procurement department of 50 employees. You've had zero problems uh, from the city procurement process uh, on the demolitions, but we have consistently been taking down 3,500 houses a year, uh, year in and year out. Uh, and, you know, I was in Washington, D.C., lobbied for that $265 million. It was a great help. Uh, but now uh, we're going to have to face the reality that we either put up the money to finish the job or we go back to the old days where we knock down uh, a little bit at a time as we can afford it. And, and I'd like to finish the job and get every abandoned house out of the city in the next five years. And I think we can do it. Hmm. Uh, at the same time, there are other concerns about demolition and its effect on the people who live in these neighborhoods where houses come down uh, at a high rate and in large numbers. Uh, talk about some of the environmental concerns and how you guys are addressing those. Uh, lead, uh, other contaminants, asbestos. Uh, this is a city that, that already suffers from high rates of that kind of pollution. Why isn't demolition an exacerbator of uh, those conditions? Well, the U.S. EPA has cited the city of Detroit's environmental standards and demolition as the standard uh, for the nation. Uh, so we go in and take out the asbestos before the demolition. Then there's an independent inspector to make sure uh, the asbestos has been removed before the demolition progresses. Uh, there's uh, water on the uh, property. There's warnings to folks ahead of time. Uh, and there's no evidence of environmental problems where there really is evidence of problems. And every person who lives in a, in a neighbor with a abandoned house will tell you this. Uh, of course, we've just recently had the murders of, of at least three women in abandoned houses. Mm -hmm. We've had children assaulted in abandoned houses. We've had abandoned houses caught fire and burn families out of the adjoining houses. The real uh, health risk of these abandoned houses uh, is on the neighbors every single day. And uh, I think at some point you have to look and say, uh, it, folks who have some abstract theory are not the people living next to the abandoned houses uh, who tell me every single day, when are you getting to my neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so with the federal program, there were neighborhoods that, that qualified for spending on demolition and neighborhoods that didn't. Uh, with right. this new money, uh, you, I, I am supposing that you will be able to spend that money in, in some of the areas that you couldn't spend the federal money before. Is that right? That's right. I mean, the, the feds, the federal money came with a lot of strings attached. And I don't want to complain. $265 million got a lot done, but they only allowed us to demolish and defined areas, basically in neighborhoods in the city 
that had houses 70% or more occupied, uh, and then only houses the land bank owned. So we'd go down a block, we'd knock down a house uh, the land bank owned, there'd be a, a privately owned abandoned house in worse shape next door, people would say, well, why didn't you take that one? They'd say, well, the federal money won't let us. Or you're knocking down on the north side of Puritan, why can't you knock down on the south side? And we'd say, well, the federal uh, restrictions don't let us. What is going to happen now is, with this new funding, we are going to get to every single neighborhood. So people who felt like uh, the city didn't care about them, that wasn't coming to their neighborhood. Uh, this bond issue is for all of those neighborhoods that feel they've been forgotten. And we'll get every single abandoned house out of every single neighborhood. Um, I want to switch subjects just a little here and talk about the city's finances. Yesterday we talked about that at length with Chad Livengood, who's uh, from Cranes Detroit Business, and just did a story about this uh, pension cliff that we're facing, that we've known we are going to face uh, early in the next decade, uh, and the fact that the city's tax base is not really growing at the pace that it needs to, to be able to meet that Um are you concerned that uh, that we're not headed in the right direction uh, out of the bankruptcy toward being able to meet all of our obligations? And uh, are you worried about what maybe a recession might even do to that growth? Uh, are we are we going in the right direction fast enough uh, to meet our our all of our financial obligations? Well, I, I, every mayor in America is worried about the effect of a recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess I, I don't have any idea what the basis for that is. In the plan of adjustment, uh, the entire plan was based on a 2% annual growth in the income tax revenues, which is our primary source uh, of funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people thought that was a stretch. We've been running 5% annual increases uh, since we've come out of bankruptcy. Our credit rating has been upgraded multiple times. We've put aside $300 million for those pension payments that were over and above what the plan of adjustment required. And Wall Street, the rating agencies, have a couple of times just kind of voluntarily issued opinions uh, lauding us for the early action we're taking to retire debt and set aside what we call the retiree uh, protection fund. But the reason that we're able to sell these bonds based on a preliminary conversation with Wall Street is because our finances uh, are running well ahead of what anybody projected. Now, if we get a recession, we're going to have to uh, to deal with that, but we think uh, we're prepared for it. So, so it's true that, as you say, the income tax revenue has been growing, and that's pro- probably because we've got more people moving into the city of Detroit, people who we didn't have here before paying taxes. Uh, at the same time, we aren't growing the property tax base. And historically, at least in this state, property taxes are the main source of revenue for cities. Are, are you are you uh, concerned that that part of the revenue is not growing the way uh, that we would expect it to? It's running according to the projections, but you know the property tax base is not the, the base for the city of Detroit. The three casinos pay more in taxes sure. than all property taxpayers in the city of Detroit. So I probably shouldn't do the numbers offhand, but I'm going to tell you roughly we get $100 million in property taxes, we get roughly $300 million in uh, income tax. But right. all of our revenues uh, have run ahead of projections. We just finished our fifth straight uh, balanced budget, and as I said, we've had, I think, three credit rating upgrades, and we're expecting another one uh, soon. So, uh, But, you know, we we didn't get there by uh, not being diligent, and we're going to 
continue to be diligent. And so you're, you're okay with that structure, casinos and income tax rather than property tax, which historically has been uh, the driver of revenues in the city. I mean, that's a pretty significant shift. It would subject us to some more volatility, perhaps, than uh, we've had in the past. Is, is that a, a reliable oh, structure I, for the oh, future? I, I, I completely disagree with you on that. You ask any county government that is property tax reliant, which one has been more volatile, the property taxes? But only in the last 10 years, right. Uh, but my strategy from the beginning was income tax. Now, you bring in a Chrysler plant with 5,000 new jobs, and then you bring in some supplier plants. Uh, I mean, it, it's been the economic base uh, that has driven us, and our tax collections are far more efficient. People file their income taxes now with the state of Michigan on an e-file. We had a pretty much non-functioning city income tax collection uh, department. But uh, really, these businesses moving into the city uh, are, are the reason we've been able to raise the starting police officers' pay from about 30000 a year to 40000 a year uh, in the last five years and continue to expand the employees in the police department. And uh, So I guess I'm not sure what the basis would be about the negative on the finances. Uh, Okay. I think the finances are going ahead of the most optimistic projections to buy bankruptcy. Uh, also, back to the bond issue, uh, how will that affect the financial picture? Uh, obviously, that's more debt. Uh, we'd have to come up with the debt service for that. Yeah, uh, we can do this without raising taxes. So we paid off a lot of our debt ahead of schedule because the finances were running so well. Uh, the city of Detroit levies nine mills for debt today. We have enough debt falling off in future years. We can do this $250 million bond issue and not raise anybody's taxes. So we will get the blight out of the city with no tax increase. And again, that's because of our, uh, our financial health and our preliminary conversations with uh, Wall Street. Are They don't expect any trouble uh, given Detroit's track record in the last five years in selling these bonds. Uh, I also, before I let you go, I want to get you to talk a little about the overall strategy. I mean, uh, this idea of getting rid of blight obviously is a step in the right direction. You don't need abandoned houses on, on people's blocks. But then the question is, what happens after that? Uh, talk about the planning that needs to take place and how it will unfold to make sure that we just don't end up with uh, vacant lots all over the place, uh, which of course are better than abandoned houses, but you want to put that land to productive use at some point? Well, there is going to be a lot of vacant land. And, of course, our first strategy are side lot sales. Uh, there's a vacant house next, or vacant lot next to your house. You can go online and buy that lot for $100, and we'll send you the deed in the mail. And 13,000 people have bought the vacant side lot next to their house, and they put gardens on it, swing sets on it, fenced themselves uh, a bigger yard. So those who stayed uh, benefited as we move into the neighborhoods where you might have six, eight, ten uh, vacant houses on a block, which will be the next phase, uh, we're going to do planning with the neighbors. We've got some neighbors that have strung together a number of lots, made a huge community garden. We've got uh, some neighbors that have created a little park uh, for their neighborhood. Each neighborhood is going to be a different conversation, and we're going to plan that uh, with them. But right now, you know, the reality is that in most of these neighborhoods, it would cost somebody $100,000 to build a new house and they could sell it for 60000 So we're trying to be honest with people. It's not like somebody's going to come through and build rows of new houses, mm -hmm. uh, but there are a lot of neighborhoods in this city where you've got beautiful uh, parks and gardens and the like where the neighbors have said, hey, 
we want to take the lead of how this property is used, and I think you'll see a lot more of that. Okay, Mike Duggan, mayor of the city of Detroit. Great to catch up with you here on Detroit Today. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Up next, a conversation about what is going on in Israel, as well as what religious leaders in Metro Detroit and around the world are doing to find common ground about the conflicts in the Middle East. Stay with us on Detroit Today.